Friends, how are your investments doing these days? Are you happy with how things are going? Can I get a bah humbug from some of you? They say the best way to make a small fortune in the stock market is to start out with a big fortune. One client recently asked his advisor, is all my money really gone? And the advisor said, no, of course not. It's just with somebody else now. For some of us, this is no laughing matter. Though I am always amazed at the investment that some people will make in their favorite sports teams, go Steelers. Last week was rivalry week in college football. That's hard to say, rivalry week. We saw some good old-fashioned rivalries like Georgia and Georgia Tech. Think about all the time and energy folks invest in these rivalries. Minnesota and Wisconsin have played 125 times. Auburn and Alabama. Florida and Florida State. Clemson and South Carolina. Pick yours. LSU and it should have been Arkansas. The battle of the boot last week. But last week they tried to make LSU and Texas A&M rivals. LSU has mean cheers about Ole Miss in Arkansas, not A&M, although they might now. We live in a world that loves to pit people against each other, creating rivalries even when there are none. There are fun places where this happens, like in stadiums, and if you're real rivals, you can even have special cheers against that other team, or songs about them, like this one from Georgia Tech, up with the white and gold, so then it's up with the white and gold, down with the red and black, Georgia Tech is out for victory, we'll drop our battle axe on Georgia's head, chop, when the battle is over, Georgia's team will be found with yellow jackets swarming all around, and that song just gets worse the longer it goes. Human beings can make anything a competition, from sitting at the lunch table, kicking back a folded paper football, to betting on things like who will be the next pope. We make up games to occupy our time. Things like tech ball. Have you heard of tech ball? Not Georgia Tech football, but T-E-Q ball, a blend of technique and football. Combining soccer and table tennis? We love to establish new games, new ways to create winners and losers, for we are quick to choose sides in sports, in business, in politics, and yes, even in the church. When there's a competition, there are always winners and losers. When people take sides, there are winners and there are losers. When friendly competition leads to real fighting, there are days when we all just want to say, bah humbug. I'm so disappointed. Bah humbug. I can't get a break. Bah humbug. My team just lost again. Bah humbug. Say it with me. It feels good to get it out. Bah humbug. But originally a humbug was not said in anger or frustration. A humbug was a hoax or a deceit. Something that was not real. A fraud, an imposter. So when Ebenezer Scrooge cries bah humbug about Christmas and the giving spirit, He's saying that he does not believe in the spirit of Christmas. So the spirits of Christmas come to haunt him. It will take us three weeks to get through what Scrooge got through in just one night. Some people thought Scrooge could never change. Some people think the world can never change. But Isaiah saw it differently. Isaiah invites us to catch just a glimpse of what might be. So Hear the good news from Isaiah, the 11th chapter, verses 1 to 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. 
His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall lie, live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him and of his dwelling place. It shall be glorious. This is the good news according to Isaiah. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to not let our rivalries get the best of us. In your name we pray. Amen. Marley was dead to begin with. It's not the most hopeful way to start a story. In the spring of 1843, Charles Dickens read a government report on child labor in England. He read the testimony of girls who sewed dresses regularly, working 16 hours a day, six days a week, rooming like Martha Cratchit did above the factory floor. Dickens read of eight-year-olds who dragged coal carts through tiny subterranean passages over a standing, standard 11-hour workday. These were not exceptional stories, but ordinary life of children in that day. There was no denying it, as Dickens had endured that as an 11-year-old boy himself, doing the same work over and over again, hour after hour, day after day, as a child. Dickens wanted to change things for children, so he first conceived of his project as a pamphlet to call people into account. He planned to title it, An Appeal to the People of England on Behalf of the Poor Man's Child to scold people into changing, to shock them with the cold, hard facts. But in less than a week of thinking about it while walking around London in the evenings, Dickens decided to embody his arguments in a story. Rather than a pamphlet to lay out the issues, he wanted to invite people into a story, the story of a miserly man that no one thought could ever change. And then people hungered for that story I think it's because we believe that people can change, don't we? The prophet Isaiah shows us a bleak picture in chapter 11. There's nothing left but a stump. The ax has been laid to the tree. And yet from that bare stump, from the roots comes a shoot, a glimmer of hope that change is still possible. I have to tell you that I've been particularly annoyed this Advent season. I walk into stores like Costco and they feature Advent calendars with 24 days. They have beer Advent calendars and wine Advent calendars and even lint chocolate Advent calendars. Now you're talking. All with 24 days. Do not be deceived. Those are not Advent calendars, but merely Christmas countdowns. Getting a gift each day that so we can await more gifts for ourselves on Christmas. 24 just counts down the days of December. Yet Advent calendars have a different number of days each year, counting up the possibility of the coming of the Christ child who changes us, who changes the world. Advent calendars are to prepare us for that. 
just as the visit of the ghost of Christmas past prepares Scrooge. When the clock strikes one, the ghost of Christmas past opens a door for Scrooge, taking Scrooge back to his childhood, first showing him his old boarding school where he was deserted by his father, then a day with his younger sister, Fran. And next is an episode from his time as an apprentice to Mr. Fizzywig. Finally, the spirit shows Scrooge that day when as a young man, he compelled Belle, his fiance, to end their relationship as his increasing obsession with his money caused him to alienate her as seen here. I've become wiser, but I've not changed towards you. Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were young and our prospects limited. How often I've thought of those times. If there had been no understanding between us, would you seek me out and try to win me now? A dowerless girl with nothing but myself to bring to a marriage. You have no answer. You think I would not then? Oh, Ebenezer, what a safe and terrible answer. So characteristic of the careful man. Ebenezer, I release you. You are a free man. I let you go with a full heart. May you be happy in the life you have chosen. I almost went after her. Almost carries no weight especially in matters of the heart. And you did have a heart, didn't you, Ebenezer? Ebenezer Scrooge invested himself fully in the competition and not in relationships. He forgot that the more we invest in a relationship, the more valuable the relationship becomes. And yet the reverse is also true. The less we invest, the more we devalue it. I was tempted to follow in Dickens' footsteps to create a pamphlet for you to take home today, to read at home, calling you to change, to alter your lives after the example of the shoot that came out of the stump of Jesse. Or maybe it could be an advent calendar with 21 days left in advent, asking you to open a door to your past each day, rekindling a relationship, investing a relationship to make it more valuable, or perhaps to alter your relationship, A-L-T-A-R, to have it covered in prayer as the spirit of the Lord was on the one in Isaiah. But I'm going to go with alter, A-L-T-E-R. That would be the front of the pamphlet I would give you today to make it easier to remember, to be altered during Advent, to open the door to a relationship where God is nudging you to reconnect, to reinvest, to change you and change the relationship, to be altered by Advent. The A in altar is for appreciate. Show appreciation to someone this week for when you appreciate someone, you add value to them. Is there someone who needs to hear a word of appreciation from you? L is for listen, to really listen. Isaiah says the one who will lead them goes beyond what the ears hear, listening with the eyes and the heart. Author Ryan Leak says it in this way. When you ask someone how they are doing, they might say good so fast that they didn't even think about the answer to the question. Ask questions that don't allow people to give a one word answer. What was the best part of your week? What is the biggest challenge over the last month? 
probe, explore, engage, and truly listen as you invest in that relationship. What keeps you from being at peace is a good question. T is a triple threat. Take time to trust. For if you don't spend time with someone, trust cannot grow. So take time with people to grow trust. Isaiah says the one who will lead us into God's future will come with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge and reverence, one who is trustworthy. E is for expecting. Expect the best of people. See them for what they intend. And finally, R. R is for respect. Literally to see again. Is there a relationship in your life that needs a second look? For you to see them again with Advent eyes? That's what happens to Scrooge. He's taken back through his life by the ghost of Christmas past. To see again, to see the pain of his childhood and his difficult relationship with his father to see the loss of his sister and his choice to invest more in work than the one who loved him. I have to admit to one of the most life-altering moments in my life. It was during an early argument with Elizabeth, early on in our marriage, an argument that I was desperately trying to win. We were arguing about something that I obviously was wrong about, and she was trying to lovingly help me see the error of my ways. I argued my point convincingly. I would not back down. I set it up as a competition for me to win and for her to lose. And then she said this, and it still echoes, even stings. She said, Phil, there is nobody in the world that is more for you than I am. I was trying to win. She was trying to show me that we were both on the same team and I missed it. For there is no rivalry in love. The ghost of Christmas past continues to visit me and I am grateful. Will you open the doors of the past in your Advent calendar over the next three weeks to appreciate others, to listen, to take time, to trust, to expect better of others and yourself and to respect. For the beauty of this passage is one word, the word shall, shall, shall trust that it will happen, shall. It appears over and over again in Isaiah, what shall be. The writer of Isaiah trusts in God's future to bring together those who, are not, who not only disagree, but are natural en enemies. If God can do that with the wolf and the lamb, the lion and the calf, how much better can God do with us? Can God unite Democrats and Republicans? Tech and Georgia fans? We don't have to be alike to get along. For a little child shall lead us, and on his holy mountain people will not hurt or destroy themselves or each other. The more you invest in something, the more valuable it becomes. Just when it looked like things were hopeless for old Scrooge, overlooking the poor, spending more time acquiring than investing in relationships, a haunting scene from his past called him to change. It's the power of a better story. So perhaps I'll just leave you with a story and not a pamphlet today. The story of a college student who found her home away from home for Christmas while her classmates were eagerly making plans with family and friends for their trips back home for the holidays, Jackie Turner, a junior at William Jessup University near Sacramento, California, was worried she'd be the only student left on campus for Christmas. She said, this time of year is hard. Everyone's talking about their cousins, their families, and all the things that make up Christmas for them. And I don't have any of that now, she said, and I never did. 
I was born to a mother that I never met and a dad I wish I hadn't. Jackie said she was abused and neglected and starved over the years, especially at the holidays. But amazingly enough, she'd been able to move on. And for 11 months of every year, she can deal with it. But the 12th month has always posed a problem for her, which is why one year she decided to take action. She'd never shared in any of the experiences she heard her classmates talk about. Yet instead of feeling sorry for herself, this straight A student with good friends and a big heart who worked part-time as a tutor and wanted a career helping troubled kids did what any self-respecting college student would do in a situation like that. She posted an ad on Craigslist offering $8 an hour to rent parents for the holidays. Maybe you could just give me a couple hours. That's about all I can afford just to be the light of my life for those moments. She got a dozen responses to her ad, about half from parents who wanted to help for free, of course, and about half from other young people who felt the same way she did, hoping for decent parents for Christmas. So now she holds a Christmas potluck every year saying people are hurting and broken and we need each other. We need to be loving people for I think that's what Christmas is about. Jackie found a mentor for herself that holiday season and then matched the needy with the needed. She continues to host that potluck Christmas every year because no one should feel that alone at Christmas time. So friends, how are your investments really doing? The more you invest in relationships, the more valuable they become. On this second Sunday in Advent, I offer you a story and a sign. Since last week was Rivalry Week, this is the Sunday of Peace. Much easier to say, harder to live. In American Sign Language, peace consists of two words put together. Place your palms together and move them back and forth to become, and then slowly drop them in front of you for the word calm. Peace is to become calm. Peace be with you. Peace be with, bringing things together that are apart and pointing to others. In response, we put two whys together and say, and also with you. For the next 21 days of Advent, might you open a door not for a beer or a bottle of wine or a chocolate, but to a relationship, checking in with God each day and receiving God's peace checking in on at least one person every day for the next 21, someone from your past or from your present, and offering them peace, investing in that relationship. And when we do that in love, there will be no losers, for there is no rivalry in love. Amen.